What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Jonas. This is episode 49 and uh, yeah, we've got a, another guest host on the line with us today and you, you've heard him before, he's been on the podcast many times before. We've got David Anderson back on the podcast, so uh, welcome to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast David, uh, thank you for coming on board. It's good to be back, I have missed it. Yeah, no, we've missed having you on, but uh, thank you once again. Before we uh, talk um, everything that's good about NXT and NXT UK with David, uh, just to throw out my usual plugs like I do each and every week, of course, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is withjohnners underscore pod. And of course, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, just go out there and search Wrestling With Johnners. Same for our Facebook group. Uh, click on Facebook and search for Wrestling With Jonas, and that's J-O-H-N-E-R-S, Wrestling With Jonas. Of course, you can find us on all popular podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, you name it, we are out there wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, please don't forget to leave a five-star rating. And of course, um, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, please don't forget to hit like, uh, subscribe, share, shout about this podcast, shout about your Wrestling With Jonas experience to all of your friends and family. Um, I believe that we are your only podcast for all of your NXT, NXT UK, WWE, Progress Wrestling, AEW, and all Japan, a new Japan needs. So uh, pretty much we, we do cover an awful lot of wrestling promotions throughout the world. I think if you go back over our last half a dozen episodes, we've covered a different promotion every single time. Uh, so please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast and uh, help us to continue producing quality content for you each and every single week uh, don't forget that we're now part of the rope break magazine family uh, so that's another place where you can find this podcast and, and listen to us on a weekly basis um, so yeah but we're happy to be part of that a wonderful and hard-working team over at rope break uh, so go and check them out they do have a website and the website is www.ropebreak.co.uk so uh, go and check them out and you'll find um, my podcast there wrestling with jonas and uh, the, uh, the their most recent article which is up on their web page um, is uh, my new japan dominion review which um, they've had out for a few days now i understand it's uh, proven quite popular um, so go and check us out there but uh, back to the the show the, the podcast wrestling with jonas and uh, back to david anderson so it's been a few weeks since we've had you on the podcast here David tell us what you've been up to lately I know that you're usually out at about most weekends uh, watching uh, local uh, indie wrestling around the UK so what what shows have you been to lately and uh, what can you tell us about them right let's see um, recapping most recently obviously I was at um, Fighting Spirit Pro Wrestling which is our local um, here in Liverpool actually Ormskirk which is obviously um, held by um, well, in charge, um, it would be um, Zach Gibson and James Drake, who we know from NXT UK. Yep. Um, they have a nice mix of um, young, up-and-coming wrestlers that they're training themselves, um, coupled with um, stars like Leguero and Isla Dawn and a lot of stars from NXT UK and around uh, from Future Shock. You've got like, the likes of Sam Bailey, and the, the, there's a nice little meld of um, Future Shock and even, um, I think it's uh, BWP, they're using their championships and, and their um, stars, uh, and so it's a, it's a nice little sort of smorgasbord of different uh, promotions, and you've got the young talent gets to work with um, you know established talent and, and get that experience, which I think I've discussed before. Aside from that, um, I've been, it, um, I made my debut so to speak as a fan uh, recently going to uh, Kamikaze Pro and saw their old ladies show which was very good um, um 
featuring Giselle Shaw, who's going to be on an upcoming uh, Rev Pro show, and also Silesia Sparks, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, both excellent wrestlers, which I you know, encourage everybody to check out. Um, also seeing Silesia wrestle Little Miss Roxy at Tidal. Um, that's just a, the venue that they were using the other Sunday. was a little small and very uh, intimate venue, I guess you'd call it. It probably houses somewhere between about 70 and 100 people, but a nice little Sunday afternoon for all the family to enjoy and a, a good little time to be had, so I, I thoroughly like, recommend that one. Mm. Uh, aside from that, it was Fight Club, who seemed to have moved the venue from the Starworks to, I think it's called The Hangar, um, nice little, actually quite a decent sized venue. I think there must have been somewhere between about 500 and 700 people there. Uh, we had Tony Storm and uh, Walter made a special appearance that everybody wasn't expecting. So that was uh, exciting for the crowd and, and a really good card of action, which again, I recommend. They're, they're one of these promotions like a Progress or like a Rev Pro that when you go to one of the shows, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get a good show. So it's, it's definitely value for money. Mm. You mentioned a couple of wrestlers earlier, uh, Giselle Shaw and uh, Sparks. Um, now, Alicia Sparks, yeah. That's right. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, those two were recently at the UKPC uh, attending WWE trials. Is that correct? That's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I thought their name jumped out. And uh, go back to the, the, the Fighting Spirit show that you attend, uh, um, Zach Gibson and James Drake's own promotion and, and trying to training ground as well. What sort of crowds do they tend to pull when they do uh, run, a, run a card? I mean, I... I can imagine that with the talent that's there and just those two alone and the occasional NXT UK talent that comes along that they do pull some quite healthy crowds. Yeah, um, it's usually somewhere, I'd say, between about 120 and 150 people. They could probably mm. house a few more, maybe up to, to about maybe 180, and maybe, maybe if we're like sitting on top of each other, maybe 200. But <laughs> yeah. um, I have heard uh, whispers that you know that uh, situation may um, be able to change, but I don't want to like give any spoilers or anything that I'm not sure of. And you know, uh, check out the Facebook page. What I, I was what I would say, you know, um, just uh, the, at the last show, the, the normally would say. You know, we have this show coming up then, as most shows do. You know, the MC would explain, you know, when the next show is going to be. Yeah. Um, this time they actually didn't, so we've got we've been instructed to, you know, keep an eye on the page and whatnot. So that sounds like you know they may be expanding and maybe the problem with where they're located, I think. Firstly, it's a Sunday, so I don't know like how people are for getting that. I mean, it, Sunday is a pretty open day for a lot of people work-wise and stuff like that. So it is it is easier for families, and it, it does attract that sort of family audience, which which is good. And that's not to say that action isn't like something that older fans can't appreciate. Because I mean, not so long ago they had a war games um, style match, and okay. there's, there's definitely a bit of something for everybody, you know. So. Uh, but at the same time, it's not something that you'd worry about taking small children. They've, they've got all the bases covered, and it's actually a converted swimming pool, would you believe? So, okay. But it is a, a nice and, and bright venue, and, and it's very accommodating to fans afterwards. It's very easy to meet up with the wrestlers and you know have the interval photos and everything you'd come to expect from that type of show. But it, it, it is a good show, and as I said, um, they're looking to move up, and they've got that good mix. So it's definitely uh, one to check out. Brilliant. And uh, have you got any any other shows uh, planned for the next couple of weeks, David? Where where, where will we be seeing you out and about? Um, 
I'm, I'm off in like about, I think it's um, somewhere around the back end of this month and I'm off to see Pro Wrestling Eve uh, Queendom, um, that, that's on the 30th and actually the day before that I'm in Manchester for a cross-promoted Rev Pro and New Japan show, they've done a number of shows together and they're always, you know, top draw, um, the Eve show last year I went to it in um, York Hall in London and that was a absolutely top, I, I mean I picked the perfect show to go to, it was a really excellent show top to bottom and I'm expecting this one to be uh, just as good if not better, you know they've got Japanese talent on, they've got a lot of uh, NXT UK girls like uh, Piper Niven or better known as Viper at the moment um, and of Kaylee Rhea battling over the Pro Wrestling Eve Championship so there's, there's definitely a lot of look forward to there and it's always is a fun time and they're very inclusive of the fans and have meet and greets and what have you beforehand so you know again a really fan orientated good time uh, you know so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and, and Rev Pro as I say it's, it's can't miss every time I've went with Rev Pro show even even what you'd call their standard shows are always like top draw anywhere else it would be an excellent show that always deliver so I thoroughly recommend them too mm, yeah well uh, hopefully next time we talk after this podcast uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk about some of those uh, shows that you're going to be attending soon so that, that's fantastic so since we last spoke David there's been so much great wrestling action for all wrestling fans around the for world sure. I mean let's just recap on some of the things that we've had in the last uh, last three to four weeks you've had AW Double or Nothing you've had NXT TakeOver 25. Uh, last week alone you had the Best of the Super Junior uh, tournament. Um, you, you had over the weekend, Sunday morning, uh, New Japan's uh, Dominion show um, and kind of everything else in between you you know, before some of them you had uh, Money in the Bank and more recently you've had Super Showdown which um, are not uh, uh, are not as praiseworthy <laughs> as some of the other uh, aforementioned shows but they did have some bright spots in fact uh, um, I've heard some you know reasonably good reports about Super Showdown although I haven't seen it um but i know there were one or two highlights in that show also but um so uh, i'm interested to know on uh, your thoughts on some of them shows that i've just mentioned like i say uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you watched uh, double or nothing uh, we know that you saw takeover 25 you've seen bits and bobs of um the best of the super juniors and i know that you've seen bits and bobs of dominion so like i say we, we really are kind of very very lucky as wrestling fans at the moment to have so many great promotions so many fantastic wrestling shows almost on a weekly basis to be honest with you uh kind of give us your your thoughts uh, and opinion on some of those shows that i've mentioned oh well where where to even start I, I mean i did check out double or nothing i'll, I'll give any promote new promotion coming along and he, obviously this is an exciting time where we're starting to look at a era that's very similar to the days of wcw and wwe having a rivalry and you know i, I hoping that this is going to be a bit more friendly rivalry you see a lot of fans and there's a lot of negatives going about and people choosing you know battle lines and sides and things and what and again, we're all wrestling fans at the end of the day and yeah. it, it, it was a you know a ex- excellent show you can't you can't see otherwise you know the, there's always little things that you can pick at and, and say that that wasn't the top draw or that wasn't great but overall it was a very i mean for the first show it was a very good jumping off point for them and it makes people excited for all out which is the next big event obviously mm. in between they're giving away fighter fest which you know people went back and forth on whether or not they should have done that but as a brand that wants to establish themselves obviously they want to get the word out the best way to do that is some fan that doesn't want to pay whatever it is for a pay-per-view 
give it away, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, why not? They, uh, they, it's win-win. They're going to create new fans there. So, um, excellent show, as I say. Um, Dominion. I, I didn't actually catch much of the Super Juniors, but Dominion, yeah. I thought, was a really good show. One of the shows, one of the matches that uh, jumped out to me was Tai Chi and um, um, and Ishii. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a really underrated match. A lot of people were, you know, waxing lyrical about Osprey, and, and that was a really good match as well. I'm sure we'll get to that one. Um, but I, I thought Tai Chi. Uh, he's often said that he's a bit lazy or doesn't give his uh, all in matches but he, he really brought it there and, and I mean Ishii doesn't back down from any, anybody as you know he's yeah. just still pit bull you know he's, he's, he's a really intense wrestler yeah. and I mean, I, that was I, my favourite match of the night to be honest with you I just, I really, just loved I really the, the stiffness that. of it yeah yeah, I think what it was was unexpected. The expect the typical Tai Chi performance, but as the commentator has pointed out, he really brought it to him. You know, he really it was a really exceptional match, and it could have gone either way. But uh, and and the Osprey match. I mean, we were, we're going to get the Osprey, but it's like my thing with Osprey is I've, he's a fantastic wrestler. He's an amazing athlete. But my thing is from, and it's just the older school fan here. It's it's the selling. The selling is always an issue with me. Like when he when he has his matches, the the blow away things that are always memorable. You see people, you know, going on about it the next day on Facebook or wherever it may be about what a fantastic athletic performance and how he blew everybody's mind and stuff. But the selling for me, it's like the first five minutes or so. It, it, it's all the acrobatics and whatnot, and the, and it, he'll sell something for like thirty seconds and then. He's not selling it again. So I think if he wants to move up to that um, heavyweight ranks, as is rumoured he's hoping to do, yeah. uh, now that he's going full-time over there and moving over there, that he really needs to like focus on the elements of his game because he's a fantastic flyer and he's a fantastic performer and he's exciting and progressive and all that. But I think he needs to get the little intricacies down of his... Not, not so much like interacting with the crowd because it, the Japanese audience is going to be appreciative regardless. They're going to sit and watch something and they don't need somebody shouting and, you know, whatever, but that they just appreciate the performance. But I, I do think he needs to work on his selling. That's just me. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll talk more about Will Ospreay a bit later on, and I do um, echo many of your uh, opinions there. And we spoke about some you know, tremendous shows, and of course, um, you, you didn't even mention TakeOver 25, and I know, you know how, how, how tremendous that was. And, you know, going from one week having Double or Nothing, then the next week having TakeOver 25, and a lot of people comparing the, the two shows or comparing the two rosters. And, you know, hats off to WWE or NXT, Triple H in this case. You know, they... they raised the roof and they raised the bar and they you know showed that maybe the WWE aren't the competition to AEW maybe NXT is the competition to AEW and the, the, you know you, because you've got you know two tremendous lots of talent there and um, both you know aiming their products more towards a more of a hardcore serious wrestling fan as opposed to the more casual viewer which you tend to get with the WWE product anyway I digress um, but um, I mean take over 25 give us a quick snapshot of, of you know of, of your enjoyment of that show oh, because it, it, it really was tremendous now we, we've seen, you know, all 24 of the previous takeovers and they've all been fantastic. You know, we've both said many times totally that there, there's totally never agree. been a bad takeover. Um, and uh, but 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 this one, every match, all five matches were were standout matches. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm an NXT fan. They were standout matches. Um, so give us a quick snapshot of, of kind of your enjoyment of takeover 25. 
well, again, what you, what you said about, you know, every single takeover has delivered. And a lot of fans will say, well, you know, earlier ones that weren't quite so good, but it's built and built and built. And, you know, I've even sat here as a fan myself and when they'll probably have a bit of an easier night tonight. They can't possibly top what they did last time. And then they go out there and do exactly that. It's, the, the, it's an unbelievable achievement to have 25 events and 25, you know, home runs like that. that that's, that's amazing. And, and it's great that we, you know, the fact that I even skipped, I mean, you know how I feel about NXT yeah. and I constantly go on about it. And the fact that I missed out talking about that just shows the absolute level of, you know, top, top draw events that we have going on there's so there's so many and so much good wrestling we're, we're spoiled for choice but i mean um talking about the matches i mean right from the outside and, and they've got that down as well they've got that five match card and everybody oh there's only five matches but it's ideal it's just enough that you, you watch the whole event and you get to the end and you feel like you've only been watching it for an hour and a half and you, you're still psyched and it's that feeling that you used to have for like WrestleManias and even yeah. Raw or whatever, you know, there's that anticipation when you're waiting for it the day or two before or even hours before, and then you watch the show and you're like, I want more, basically, you know, and, and, and um, but, I mean, for me, standing out straight away was the opening match, I think it was, with um, Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong. Yeah, I was really, yeah. really loved that match, and the reason I liked it was because it was a very scrappy match. It, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'll do this, hold the U, and then you'll do that, hold. And I mean, there was an element of that, obviously, but it, it felt like... The, I mean, the main problem is, it's, we've talked about this, I think, before, is you'll have two wrestlers that are supposed to be in some blood feud, and especially seen as guilty of this, you'll come out... And instead of diving in the ring and attacking that wrestler because of that heinous thing that that bad guy did the woman last week, he'll come out and he'll smile and he'll wave and everything. And, and, and that's not realistic. If you had beef with somebody in real life, and I don't know this isn't real life, but you would want to rip their heads off, basically. Yeah. So the, the fact that, you know, obviously in the prior preceding weeks that Roderick Strong had attacked Matt Riddle and to get it back into the good graces of the Undisputed Era because they'd been having some issues, yeah. that, um, you know, they had that physicality, they had that laying in and the scrappiness and the strikes and everything else. It was just such a such a great and a little bit different than you, I'll do, as I said, this hold and you'll do that hold. And I, I just thought it was a really excellent start and a, and a really good kickoff that got people hyped for the show, you know. so mm. And that ladder match... That ladder match was uh, pretty special, wasn't it, David? And uh, oh, yeah. you know, all the way throughout from uh, Kyle O'Reilly and the man, oh, the, the, bump, the bumps that he took through to well, I think all four teams delivered. To be honest with you, and then Montez Ford that that uh, springboard leap onto the ladder at the end, staring. Um, I, I, I think it was Cutler dead in the eyes, knocking him off, and then grabbing them belts. It was a hell of a finale to a fantastic match. So uh, definitely. yeah, definitely. And then you had that five star main event, um, and yeah. uh, of course they 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 blew the roof off in uh, in in New York over WrestleMania weekend with their two out of three falls match and they did it again um the uh, takeover 25 and um yeah uh, and we have a new NXT champion so uh, and congratulations a clean as well no, no no cheating no, no screen finish, era, yeah. although he did he did hint at it which was a nice little touch I enjoyed as well. that bit yes I did enjoy yeah, yeah, that bit uh, I've got to give credit that um, going back to the ladder match. I've got to give credit to the Forgotten Sons because obviously they've had a little bit more of an issue getting themselves established, you know, with the fans and and you know that match really helped you know bring them forward as a tag team as opposed to you know two separate wrestlers, Blake and Cutler. Um, you know, uh, uh, I mean that match should have basically whether you were a Kyle O'Reilly or a disputed era fan beforehand or not, that that should have been subtitled 
poor Kyle because the abuse <laughs> that lad took in that match was absolutely unreal and hats off to him and, and this is this is what we're talking about as well with NXT nobody ever phones it in nobody ever just says I'll have an easy night tonight you know it, it's always that elevated performance and it's amazing that they can keep achieving that because the bodies obviously as we saw really pay the price yeah definitely so the, the reason why I wanted to talk to you about all them fantastic shows is, is to kind of move us on to the next part of the conversation and you know there, there has been a lot of criticism and a lot of uh, uh, talk online over the WWE and the main roster product um, although, although there you know there have been some bright bits on Raw and Smackdown and mostly you know that has to be that you know, attributed to the Firefly Funhouse are true from the 27 uh, title and, and neither of those two are kind of wrestling based not not no. really if, you, if you're honest you know we have seen um, a, a fairly good rivalry build between Ricochet and Cesaro with uh, their two or three matches that they've had over recent yep. weeks which have been uh, kind of really the, the standout matches you have to say between Raw and Smackdown over the last month or so and uh, hopefully we'll get a few more of those matches you never know hopefully we'll, we'll see a match on pay-per-view between those two um, and, and the revival becoming two-time Raw tag team champion so there has been some 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 bright spots there has been some some things to celebrate and you know as i said there has been uh, you know, some praise over some of the performances from the Super Showdown. We'll speak a, a bit about Mansoor later, um, but uh, his Battle Royal win was was good. It was uplifting. You know, the crowd were really into it, as you would expect. But uh, and the promo he gave afterwards, I thought that was good. Even Triple H and Randy Orton are getting a little bit of praise for for their match as well. It was kind of more of an old school style of match, but uh, you know, it flowed well and it, and it was good. Um, you know, considering uh, the 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 the, the combatants, I suppose you could say the main event uh yeah um if you can chop off that last 90 seconds of the goldberg undertaking match it probably would have been considered an okay match but there's some bright spots in that show uh, but as a regular viewer of raw and smackdown david you have to say that raw and smackdown have shown some improvements over recent weeks so what, what would you say to my kind of uh kind of statement there i mean w- w- do you think that it's kind of getting better getting worse staying the same i mean there, there are a few more things to celebrate uh, certainly with the things that i mentioned from raw and smackdown than there probably was uh, a couple of months ago. What would you say? Um, I, I, it's funny you should mention like the the Bray Wyatt and, the, and obviously everybody is because it's one of the the you know the bright spots as you said of the of the show. It kind of makes me think of a few years ago when Impact was struggling and the the lone highlight was Matt Hardy being a complete lunatic on it. You know, and then mm. even people that have sort of fell out of love with Impact like this is the best thing in wrestling right now, and it and it was creating some buzz. I think the problem right now is the. Raw and to a lesser, I, I don't want to like really have a good SmackDown because I find SmackDown a lot easier to watch. Obviously, it's shorter. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more um, concentration usually on matches and things like that. There's, there's a bit less Galga. There's a bit too much Shane McMahon for my liking, but that's another story for another day. Mm. Um, I think. I mean, I've almost got to the point where sometimes I think the Raw is so bad that there must be. Um, hoping like when AEW gets established we'll go right now we'll pull the trigger on doing what we really want to do you know and it will make it so bad that people are thinking it's absolute dross so that when we actually do something that's even half good it's going to seem 10 times better because of what we're but you know I think you've got to be almost a sadomasochistic viewer uh, to watch um, you know um, WWE like main roster shows at the moment because even the most diehard among them and you know we're 
long-time fans of uh, WWE and wrestling in general, um, you're sitting there and you're just pining for a, a, a glimmer of hope. And uh, you don't do that with the even what you said about the revival. When that would have been an excellent thing if it had happened on NXT. But it's like, what are they going to do to the revival now that they've they've won the belts? You know, they've been so badly trapped with the silly skits and the bits with the Usos and everything else. But uh, I, I think we're in a sort of rebuilding stage now. I think WWE is very much well, whatever they say, have got the eye on what AAW, the road they plan to, you know, to take. And I think that will directly affect um, Raw and SmackDown. And obviously the, the bigger answer that everybody's looking for with Raw and SmackDown is Triple H and the one Vince to step away and do his XFL or call it what you will and do yeah. what he wants to do and Triple H take the helm of that. I don't think it's a cure-all. I think it's going to take time for people to like get that, you know, um, I sat here the other day and talked about how, um, you know, you used to um, absolutely be buzzing for Raw and when it was finished, you just like an NXT that we were just talking about, you yeah. know, you, you'd get to the end of a Raw and you're like, oh my God, Stone Cold did that to Brett, I can't wait to see what happens next week with them and the Hard Foundation and all that, and, then, and you were buzzing, you were waiting for the count of the days, and that's pretty much like a, a takeover or even to a lesser extent the main NXT shows. And, and now you, you, you need that back with Raw. You know, the, the, the title speaks for itself. It needs to be Raw. It needs to be exciting. And, and it's so mundane and it's so rinse and repeat right now. And I know there's people listening to me right now and nodding their head because everybody knows I was the biggest apologist for WWE going, you know, I would say, oh, well, it's not that bad. Maybe they're doing this, maybe doing that. Right now, everybody knows Raw is junk and, you know, the need to, to do more that's just going to grab the fans back and get that sort of, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, a, a displeased view of it's just given up on Raw altogether. There's so many fans that I've seen that were big fans of Raw and WWE as a whole, and they're just saying, I can't do this anymore. I can't sit and punish myself for three hours every Monday night. You know? Yeah, so. and I, I, you know, I think... It's lost its cool factor, isn't it? It's, 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 it's lost yeah. its cool factor, and I think that that was what was so good. You know, back when Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of broke into the scene and had everybody glued to their TV sets, they, they had the cool factor. You know, The Rock he had his cool, the cool factor. When CM Punk was around, there was a cool factor. And I don't know whether it's a case that they they need to establish somebody that brings that cool factor, or whether they just need to do a, a lot less of the stuff that. Vince McMahon finds funny, and uh, you know, go back to go back to what worked twenty years ago. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I will say about the the Firefly Funhouse, and this is not to kind of upset anybody with, with my next comments, but. It, has it kind of run its course or one thing that I've noticed is that the WWE seem to be trying to put their fingerprints over it now because have you seen that uh, kind of shot of the crowd watching up at the big screen when the firefly now that is unnecessary because that that's almost kind of saying well um look at this you know the WWE universe are watching the firefly funhouse and uh, you know that shot means nothing everybody's just looking at the big tv screen and really they just need to focus on what Bray Wyatt is trying to achieve with with these promos or with the skits and you know that that upsets me a little bit because it was quite organic it was quite different and and uh and new um and uh shiny shiny as tony storm yeah, might totally say agree. but um, <laughs> we'll get on to tony storm a bit later on um but uh, you know when something's working just need wwe to kind of take a little bit of a back step and and just let it play its course and yeah. um everybody's kind of guessing well 
where is this going to lead you know what how soon are we going to see the Bray Wyatt character what's the kind of next step for the Fly, Firefly Funhouse you know um, I mean there was one suggestion on uh, I think the Busted Open radio show which I listened to uh, from Bully Ray believe it or not who said that you know the way they should do it from now is where every week something different happens to a different wrestler like when Sami Zayn was strung upside down at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view could that have been yep. something to do with Bray Wyatt you know let the lights go out one day and then somebody else is found unconscious down a you know in, in a dressing room or in the middle of the ring and that you know everybody's guessing is that something to do with Bray Wyatt and something kind of spooky or scary happens on Raw are you mad well that's it and then then eventually (laughs) and then eventually it all transpires if it's something to do with Bray Wyatt and you know but this could be an extension of the Firefly Funhouse and uh, but I don't know I mean there's there's rumours that Bray Wyatt could be featured in a match at SummerSlam and this is all building towards that but uh, I think we've reached a point now where we kind of want to see maybe a little bit more I don't know Um, have you got any comments any comments on that I totally agree. Yep. I, I think everybody thought like when it built up and then he did the transformation, it's like, oh, well, next week he's going to be debuting on, and next week there's going to be some where he comes to Raw and attacks somebody, or, mm. you know, there's going to be a announcement for a match at the very least. But then it went back to doing the same thing, and as you said, now it seems like, oh, well, we'll just have a little bit of say, because apparently Bray is the brainchild behind these uh, Firefly Funhouse yes. skits, and he's, you know, because at first everybody was like, oh, what are they doing to him? It's another one they're ruining. And all that, but it's his idea, you know, to re-establish his character, and you know, and he's said on Twitter he knows what he's doing and everything else. But I think people are getting, you know, fans have got a very, you know, uh, uh, sort of short attention span nowadays. Anyway, but um, this the one we want to wait for and get that payoff, and then he transfers on like, wow, you know, here's something we can look forward to, and then he's back, you know, the cloud goes on and can grab it, and, yeah. <laughs> and all that. So I think that's run its course. I think we need a little bit of payoff for. Yeah, but uh, interesting times. So as I said, when I was uh, kind of messaging you this morning about the topics for today, um, you know, basically I was saying... As a wrestling fan, this is probably the best time I've ever known for all-round quality, uh, availability of excellent res- wrestling matches, uh, excellent wrestling promotions from around the world. As you said, there's there's many good local promotions around the UK, not just around the world, and all the kind of big shows that we mentioned earlier on, like the Double or Nothing and the Takeovers. Um, it's certainly a great time to be a wrestling fan. So that's something that definitely needs to be celebrated. And I suppose when it comes to the, the main roster WWE product, you need to kind of celebrate um, any kind of glimmer of hope, really. But uh, speaking of it being a great time to be a wrestling fan, uh, none more, um, no more so than uh, to be a fan of British wrestling. And last week we saw Will Ospreay, we mentioned him briefly earlier, become a two-time New Japan Best of the Super Junior Cup winner. And uh, only four days later, um, he beat Dragon Lee to become a three-time New Japan Pro Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Champion. So for the third time. So you know what a fantastic week for Will Ospreay so after his best of the Super Junior Cup win uh, Will gave uh, an interview telling New Japan front office that um, with all of the recent departures of course Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks he is ready to step up and to be the main man in New Japan Uh, what are your thoughts on Will Ospreay's accomplishments uh, in New Japan in particular you know over the last week or so um, um, and, and, and is he ready to be considered uh, ready to mix it with the heavyweights of New Japan? And could he be ready? Could he be ready for Okada's title? I don't know about Okada's title, but I think he's ready to move into the heavyweight division. I've seen him 
come over the years on the independence and particularly growing up seeing absolute stormers with everybody he's put in the ring with whether they were a smaller you know um wrestler like a marty skill or you know just whoever you know he's he's a fantastic and progressive athlete that people want you know the excitement of a wrestler like that and the the only two things that i said i could see working against him one is he needs to make sure he's got all these ducks in a row. I mean, obviously, Okada wasn't the finished product until he, uh, even as horrible as he's running TNA was, it probably gave him something, you know, he learned something from that and and established himself when he went back to New Japan and he was off to the races as the Rainmaker, you know, and yeah. now we've got Will, he's done all he can do pretty much in the junior division and obviously that that next step, you know, financially, critically, and everything else is to um, move into the heavyweight ranks. He's certainly capable, you know, but that my only other, um, you know, worry about that is physically, um, not just the risks he takes every single time he's in the ring. And, you know, that physical New Japan style is a lot of head drops as well. We've discussed that ourselves and, and uh, you know, the risks he takes with his amazing high fly and, you know, he's probably one of the top ten, arguably one of the best high flyers in the world. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, I know personally from even just a few years ago, for such a young lad that he's got a lot of, like, problems with his health and his back and his knees. I don't know where he is physically right now, but I know even a few years ago talking to other wrestlers um, that he was, you know, suffering. And I have seen times when he's been at Rev Pro shows and he's had the cups on his back and stuff for the pain and things like you can see where he's been cupping to yeah. recover from the injuries and whatnot. So if he, if maybe when he moves into the heavyweight ranks, he can kind of uh, have the sort of best of Will Ospreay, do those high-flying moves when it means a little more. You know, there's sometimes so much movement in a Will Ospreay, you can't really you know, remember it all or to just like appreciate it all. Maybe it less is more. Maybe if he starts becoming like a more like a Shawn Michaels or somebody mm. like that who's turned it down and still had that element so everybody could go, wow, he's still amazing, but was able to tell a story more like these heavyweight title matches are. They're always long, you know, and physically grueling matches back and forth and it, it, it paints a picture and hopefully if he can learn to do that then he's going to have a long and prosperous career. I certainly know he's capable and I certainly know he's got the drive to do it so it's whether or not his body lets him do it. Yeah, very true and then you look at Will Ospreay and you can also draw comparisons to Pete Dunne. So Pete Dunne, former WWE UK champion for 685 days, the cream of the crop regards uh, male UK talent. He's only 25, Will Ospreay's only 26 so both of a similar age both uh wrestlers they appear to have the, the wrestling world in the palm of their hands or so you know it would be believed uh both very capable wrestlers very over with their respective audiences it doesn't like new japan could push will osprey to the moon within the next 12 months as one of the faces of their company uh, but can you see the wwe doing the same um with with pete dunn i mean can pete dunn ever get onto the main roster and be considered one of the best on that main roster um he has all of the credentials i'm sure you'll agree with me there he he has age on his side 
and we've seen him mix it up with all comers on NXT and NXT UK as well as being part of this year's Royal Rumble as well David in Phoenix but will Pete Dunne ever get onto that main roster and become a champion uh, what are your thoughts um, kind of and, and drawing a comparison between them two wrestlers and, and what are your thoughts on Pete's Dunne, you know, Pete Dunne there's only so much he can do on an NXT or an NXT UK you know until one day they have to kind of push that button on, on Pete Dunne moving him up to the main roster I, I certainly like uh, yeah and see the comparisons with with will and and you know that that move is definitely needed but again it it's it, it depends on who's in charge it's always been said that you know on, on, he, he can definitely get to the main roster it's just what happens to him when he's there we've seen so many people come up from nxt and we've had such high hopes whether it's a shinsky or whoever and they've just become either another face in the crowd or it's been absolutely embarrassing what's happened to them uh, uh, pete dunn as you said can mix it up with anybody much like a will Ospreay and have a fantastic match but I think it's going to be down to the mindset of who's booking behind the scenes and until we get the likes of Triple H and the likes of people who want to have a more work rate focus show and I know Fox is driving for that when this big deal comes up with Smackdown that they want a more sports orientated product and he fits right into that you know like hand in glove it's if he gets to the main roster and Vince is in charge Vince is going to look at him and most likely say small you know um does i don't like his style he's, he's not six foot five and covered in most now it's not always the case if, if if you can sell yourself to vince aj styles managed to do it you know um everybody was oh my god aj styles is going to wwe he's doomed and and aj styles proved because he's an exceptional worker that he made a fan out of vince if you can sell yourself to vince and i don't really think that you know, even though Vince really is kind of hands off with NXT and whatnot, he's still paying attention. And I don't think Pete would have been at the forefront and on the posters and been the forefront of that brand so much if Vince hadn't had some say in that. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it's Triple H's baby, but Vince signs the checks and Vince's yeah. final word. You know, but if if he can get the the main roster and they've suddenly decided right we're going to start appreciating the Cesaros and we're going to start appreciating the Ricochets and yes even the Chad Gables and people like that instead of the waste of time up six years later where we're still trying to push Mojo Raleigh and people like that you know um, uh, if if it's a sports orientated product and if it's a work rate orientated product that he's got no problems if it's a gaga let's have a 20 minute promo and you know stupid stuff that only Vince finds funny then yeah. he's going to struggle yeah, so I mean, it's all very interesting. Uh, you know, the, the future will, will kind of tell all, I suppose, and we'll see where the future holds for Pete Dunne um, and Will Ospreay, for that matter. But uh, thank you for your, your thoughts and insight there, David. Very interesting. Let's move on to uh, our wheelhouse, shall we? Uh, NXT and NXT UK. So I'm going to start with NXT this week. Uh, this appeared to be taped somewhere other than Full Sail for once, by the looks of it, indicating this is possibly just a one-off recording uh, in this particular location uh, with uh, the latest set of full weekly tapings taking place last night I believe and um, the, the, the first uh, week from that set of tapings will probably air next week I should imagine but uh, on this week's episode of NXT we had three very good entertaining matches uh, the first of which was Candice LeRae and Io Shirai versus two members of the uh, uh, MMA horsewomen you could say Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir so just to run through some of the, the key spots some of the key highlights in this match 
Uh, Duke and Shafir, they were accompanied to the ring by their fellow horsewoman, NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, of course. Uh, the, the Ray starts the match, uh, trying to fend off both Duke and Shafir by herself in the opening minute or two of the match, only to be beaten down in the corner by Duke before Shafir takes over, stretching Larray across her back. Uh, Duke and Shafir make regular tags, preventing Larray from making uh, the tag to her partner. But as soon as Larray is able to, uh, uh, she hits uh, an enziguri to Duke, uh, and then Larray's uh, able to make a quick tag to Io Shirai. Io Shirai comes in uh, with full momentum and even takes a, a page out of the book of Shayna Baszler uh, going with a, a, an elbow stomp to the left arm of Jessamyn Duke. Um, Baszler takes exception to this from Io Shirai and, and pulls Duke out of the ring only for Io to connect with a picture-perfect moonsault from the top turnbuckle onto Baszler on the outside before Larray comes crashing through the ropes with a beautiful dive onto both Duke and Shafir while uh, Io runs Baszler into the steel ring steps. The referee counts uh, all four uh, wrestlers out of this match and uh, Shirai, Larray, Baszler and Duke, they all brawl on the outside uh, and up the ramp and back to the locker room. So a bit of a fiery match to start us on this week's NXT, David. Um, it, it only went a few minutes, but uh, lots of strong action there and uh, Io Shirai in particular looking very good in this match when, when she finally got the tag in. Uh, what were your thoughts on this opener? I felt like it was more like, a, again, your description just shows you the difference between the main roster and NXT. There's more storyline happening there than you often see in a whole episode of Raw. You're re-establishing, obviously, Eo lost, but then, um, you know, got her own back with the chair and, and, and Candice was involved at a takeover, as we saw. Yep. Um, but this was to kind of re-establish, and I think it also helped establish Eo with the fans because unlike an Asuka, or even to a lesser extent, Corey saying there's been a sort of little bit of a disconnect with uh, you. I don't know if it's just the way she's been booked or whatever, or she's just had a little bit of time adjusting to the new NXT style and the ring and what have you. Um, but there's been that little disconnect, and I think this is to try and like establish her character as a bit more like she's got that um, aggressive edge when need be. And uh, I felt like this was more of a storyline where if you can get past my two minions, then maybe you've got a shot back at me. And they, they did all right. I mean, obviously, they're both inexperienced. The co confidence will come with time. I thought of the two that uh, Maria Shafia was the more co confident in the ring and looked a bit more mechanically solid. Uh, Jessamine still looked a little bit, um, you know, she didn't quite know where she was. But it, it worked for what it was. There were some good strikes and exchanges and throws and very much the MMA. Uh, keeping in the wheelhouse there yep. um, and, and then the dives as you'd expect from um, Candice as we know from you know the Indies and Pro Wrestling Gorilla and whatnot when we've seen Candice can do it all when it comes to high flying when she's allowed to but this was again I thought to just establish EO again as that credible threat um, to um, Shayna's title we'll see whether or not she, she can actually get it done I don't know if this is like the third shot I think she was in a multi-person and then obviously she had a shot at um, take over 25 and, yeah. and now she's getting the shot in the steel cage which they announced that's so, right yeah um so i think this is to show that she is a viable threat because i don't think all fans have been completely uh, even the, the ones that know a background with stardom and that she's you know one of the best voters i think it was one of the top five female wrestlers in the world along with Kyrie hojo yeah. and there's now carrie seeing and and i think in NXT, she struggled to get that character. The fans could go, all right, I can latch on to that, you know. But hopefully, this uh, 
bit more aggressive style. And the fans certainly reacted when she started pounding uh, Shayna with the chair. So hopefully this will add like a little extra, you know, something to our character that people can connect with. Mm, totally agree. Uh, then we get uh, a backstage selfie promo from the Velveteen Dream, where uh, Dream asks us if we are ready for the next experience, whatever that experience is going to be. We will see, no doubt, in the coming weeks. Uh, then we get a highlights package from Kashida's match against Drew Gulak from a few weeks ago with their uh, rematch taking place um, next as a matter of fact and we'll talk about that uh, very very soon uh, we get another vignette uh, for Damien Priest um, who will be debuting very soon also no doubt so the, the next match that we're going to talk about is, is Kushida in his rematch against Drew Gulak a little bit different to their first encounter because this one is going to be a submission style match a submission match um, so uh, uh, we obviously kind of fairly excited about this match going into it David kind of what are your thoughts on uh, I mean I'm guessing you saw the, the first match between Gulak and Kushida uh, kind of what, what were your kind of thoughts and expectations going into this one um, well, I knew Gulag obviously is a mechanically, um, you know, the, when it comes to the submission game, he's really established himself on uh, the 205 Live brand. Mm. And it's nice to have seen him. I like that sort of um, crossover, unlike the wild card, the, the 205 to NXT. It, it always seems to help somebody who may have you know, not lost momentum, but uh, there's so many wrestlers, isn't there? You, you've got so many on different brands that sometimes not that somebody gets forgotten but then they might not they're just in place and with not a lot to do so this with Kushida helps establish him against a you know a respected opponent and people that know is a dangerous opponent going from 205 live and you know submission game is his um strong suit um I enjoyed the first match which basically set up this one and there was um, Kushida's even despite the fact that it was a submission match he he still managed to get a little bit of kind of high flying a little bit of handspring into the handstand that knocked Gulag off the ring apron and whatnot and you see and again just like the Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong it was quite scrappy in parts and you got Gulag hitting like a couple of reverse body slams which even the announcer said you know that didn't look too pretty but it's effective and a lot of reversals and nice transitions and even they were talking about how they were going into pinfalls but there was counters to the counter and they were it was just basically grappling back and forward and a nice sort of gritty kind of performance that you don't usually see on Raw where it's very sort of clothesline kick punch and all the rest of it and and that's that's the great thing about NXT you've got so many um, meshes of different styles and and you know it, it's it's really nice to see that like you've got the submission style you've got the high fly and there's a bit of something for everybody and and this was just a testament of that you know and a good match and a good establishing match for Kushida yeah definitely and, and Kushida won the match with his hoverboard lock uh, for the uh, submission victory now we've seen a couple of matches like this over the last few weeks or uh, a few three to four weeks because you may remember on NXT UK a few weeks back we had an excellent match between Cassius Ono and uh, Jack Gallagher and that was a really quite a, a, a an old style uh, kind of Rules, yeah, g- grapple. Yeah. yeah, so that was fantastic. I, I think soon after we had part one of uh, this feud between Kashida and uh, Gulak, which was an excellent match in itself, which obviously led us into the rematch uh, this week, which was another fantastic match. So I quite like these kind of 
more submission style matches. And I, like I said, I'd love to see Jack Gallagher and, and uh, Cassie Sona go at it again. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed uh, that kind of more grapple, old style, British style wrestling uh, type of match. But uh, yeah, it makes a change to see these, these kind of more ground based matches as opposed to the high flying fast action. Um, and uh, I thought that uh, Kashida and Gulak definitely delivered again here. So uh, yeah, bring it on as far as I'm concerned. Um, then we get a, a bit of a recap from uh, Super Showdown. Now, not all of it was great, but there were one or two highlights. And one of the highlights that certainly stood out to a lot of fans was uh, Mansoor. We've seen him on NXT UK. We've seen him on NXT before. And uh, we've spoke about him before on this podcast, David, and he has impressed us, even though he's been on the losing end in those matches. But he has impressed us and did show some promise in terms of his wrestling ability and his character in ring. And he was given quite a bit of offense in the, those matches. And we said at the time that, um, you know, it, it looks like he's been given uh, a little bit of a push in those matches. Although, as I said, he didn't come out on the losing end, uh, didn't come out on the winning end, sorry. But in the Super Showdown 50 man historic uh, once in a lifetime battle. Royal, um, he, he came out on top and uh, it was a great moment for him uh, the fans were massively into it obviously because of his Saudi heritage um, so uh, yeah, good for Mansoor but I mean, if uh, you got any uh, kind of anything you'd like to add regarding Mansoor and kind of his connection with NXT of course and his big win uh, last Friday Yeah, I honestly wanted to say more about him in the previous episodes but we had so much to cover but he, he, it's nice again, NXT another, another strength, even people that lose a match as you said um, can be established by the quality of the performance you don't always have to um, win a match as we know uh, you know you go back years and there was a very famous match on Smackdown between Eddie Guerrero and Edge and then there were two established stars but two stars that were on the up uh, moving towards that again the heavyweight division like we're talking about with Will Ospreay and they're moving up towards hopefully being a main event act and this sells them not only to the fans but also maybe Maybe the people that are doubting them in the back that even when somebody could lose a match, which I think it was Guerrero did in that match, mm. um, that it, even though he lost, the quality of his performance was such that the fans, you know, gave him a stand ovation afterwards, much like they did with a certain wrestler back at the Royal Rumble who has been deleted from history. You know, when he uh. lost the match to Kurt Angle, you know, but <laughs> yep. and, and, you know, the quality of performance speaks for itself. That you can establish a wrestler even if he loses. We talked, I think, the other week about the one, two, three kid. We all know the story there you know yeah. it, 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 you don't always have to win just give them that time and that's another good thing about NXT despite the fact it's only an hour long or less that you know you have these longer matches the main events are usually about 20 to 30 minutes you've got 10 minute matches before that at least instead of these 2 or 3 minute squash so people get time to establish their character establish their moveset and everything else so people say you know what he didn't win but he gave a good performance there I like him you know mm. and that's exactly exactly what I thought coming out of the match I think it was with Travis Banks and I can't remember the NXT match maybe you can remember better than me but he, he really showed I think it was was it Fabian Eichner or something like that mm. uh, but I can't even remember now but so much uh, yeah. <laughs> again but Mansoor uh, he definitely, uh, I didn't know really who he was. I'd forgotten that he'd been in the Greatest Royal Rumble beforehand. The only thing I'd say about that Battle Royal is there were so many people in it, unfortunately, that they weren't really able to do anything until he got about half the people out of the ring. Yeah. Um, I think it may have been a good idea. To, I don't know if the mechanics of the building or the setup or whatnot, to, and I know you know what I'm going to say here, is go with the old two-ring Battle Royal, mm -hmm. you know, the, the World Bowl freestyle in WCW and have that and then maybe have them move to the other ring when there's a certain amount of them, 20, 25, whatever. So there wasn't really many, like, 
memorable spots, but once it got down to that last half dozen and I could see who everybody was in, it was just before Samoa Joe was eliminated, and I just knew, as I said, it's going to be Mansoor here, and if it's not him, it's going to be Mustafa <laughs> Ali. And there were so many good young talents there as well, and again, it showed that, like, you know, Mustafa Ali, he's been established on SmackDown with some big wins over Daniel Bryan, whether it was in a tag team match or whatever. And then you've had Ricochet, who's been established on NXT. So if you invest that little bit, it doesn't take long. You know, it's like if you invest that little bit of time, you can create these exciting new stars. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you've mentioned the double ring uh, battle royal, I'm sure the Saudi prince will be all over that next time the WWE <laughs> go to uh, go to the Far East. Uh, but uh, let's move on to our main event for uh, this week's NXT. And it was the Undisputed Era versus the, the Brit and Brawlers. Now, that's the first time I've, I've heard them uh, be uh, kind of announced as that. So usually it's just Lorcan and Birch, unless I've missed something. But I quite like uh, their, their tag name, the Brit and Brawlers. Um, but uh, no Bobby Fish here. Um, it's back with uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Ronnie Strong now. Bobby Fish, uh, the last time we saw him was in that four-way ladder match at TakeOver 25 where he was there were photos kind of after that match and after that brutal match um, showing him with a, a sling uh, his left arm in a sling, yeah. so I'm guessing that he's banged up a little bit, I don't think it's anything too serious, hopefully we'll see Bobby Fish uh, back um, in the ring fairly soon it was just a precaution this time right. and it was just to make sure, but I don't, I don't think he's seriously injured No, let's hope not because he's been out for far too long with injury uh, but more than anything, I was shocked to see Kylo Riley looking so well after the ladder match um, <laughs> after the amount of punishment his back went through anyway uh, but uh, um, however you know you, you have a rematch here um, and you may remember that when uh, the Undisputed Era were ta- NXT Tag Team Champions they had a tremendous oh, yeah. match against Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch and I think it was TakeOver Chicago from last summer and that was uh, amazing I think we had a run of TakeOver matches featuring the Undisputed Era I think one month we had um, those two versus uh, Mustache Mountain um, in kind of a, a rematch to the, 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 the uh, Royal Albert Hall uh, classic that they had and then the following TakeOver was uh, Birch and Lorkin so um uh, yeah, that was a fantastic match, and yeah, this one was expected to be a great match also. So, to start off with, you had Kyle O'Reilly and Only Lorkin battle each other with stiff left and rights in the ring, so a real uh, kind of back and forth there. Uh, Only Lorkin then connects with a uh, kind of like a Frosbury flop um, dive over the top rope onto both uh, Strong and O'Reilly on the outside. Uh, Roddy Strong hits a backbreak on Only Lorkin before O'Reilly and Strong punish Lorkin in the corner. Uh, Strong catapults Lorkin throat first uh, on the bottom rope. That looked pretty painful and O'Reilly continues the punishment of Lorkin with a seated uh, abdominal stretch. Um, Only Lorkin is able to make the separation with a blockbuster before tagging in a very fresh Danny Burke. Birch. Uh, Birch gets a two count from a power bomb. Uh, O'Reilly connects with a pendulum clothesline, um, and there's a close near fall from a brainbuster from O'Reilly onto Birch, only for Lorkin to come crashing in to make the save. Uh, both teams slug it out in the middle of the ring, with all four uh, guys eventually crashing to the canvas. Then we get an appearance from uh, Jackson Riker, who choke slams a member of the ring crew on the outside, uh, whilst causing a massive distraction for the wrestlers, uh, allowing Birch to get the the, the roll up uh, for the pinfall victory. Um, so that was a, a fun match, and the fans really seemed into it. And I, I've made a little note for myself here: uh, not the self-entitled full sale marks. Um, so I think it, <laughs> <laughs> it it certainly made a difference. I think uh, that the crowd really seemed into it. They seemed to be really appreciative uh, of of the NXT action, and I 
like I say, I, I don't think I'm the only one saying that I think the, the Full Sail fans are uh, do feel that they're self-entitled, but uh, that, that's another story for another day. Uh, but a really good match. The fans really seemed into it. Um, and uh, Jackson Riker seems to be getting more and more involved in, in these tag matches. Um, I don't know quite what that's going to lead up to. Maybe you might be able to add a bit of insight there, but what was your thought on this match then, David? I thought it was another episode of you know a fantastic series between um, despite the fact that the, I know you said the Britain Brawlers or whatever they were called and it's it, there's been an excellent little series between the Undisputed Era and them and I find that when you have um, Fish in O'Reilly you tend to get a submission based and striking match but I've noticed it seems to be a little bit more aggressive when it's Roderick Strong and O'Reilly because they didn't waste any time in getting in control of the match despite the fact of how physical both teams are you know and the, the really like and again an, a, another match where it seemed like a fight you know and we're not just exchanging holds and Irish whips here there was there's a lot of physicality a lot of headbutts and strikes and you know working each other over in the corner and just a real physical and the hit speaking of the history of the the match that had a takeover where there was like an intensity and there was a spot where the, the hit uh, only Logan in, in the face when he was holding somebody in a half crab and he just he just gritted his teeth and basically said no way mate I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing yeah. and you know I'm, ca- I'm carrying on and, and that really popped the crowd you know and, and this crowd as well as you know a crowd makes all the difference the wrestlers are going to perform better when they've got a crowd that's invested which these were and it was excellent and for once I didn't mind the inter- there was two things I didn't mind one the ref bump actually looked like a ref bump he didn't look like he was setting himself up and even though obviously he was he was he's he's through the ropes and he's distracted with right guy and then what the hell are you doing here and all that and then he gets bumped into it. so that that was fab you know the way the way they did that uh, that that was good so it didn't look like uh, it was intentional you know and yeah. then and and then right guy coming in it, it, it is he going to be you know, other forgotten sons going to be going after Logan and Birch. It seemed to me more they were because the way they finished it with the undisputed era looking very annoyed about the result in the ring and you know the the fact they lost and what have you. Um, it seemed that more they were pushing towards forgotten sons, which kind of puts undisputed era in the almost face position because mm-hmm. obviously the fans are going to be more likely to side with the team they respect and are more established. But it, again, it, it it advances the. Forgotten sons in people's minds, as it did in the, you know, they didn't do themselves any harm in the ladder match. Um, it advances Jackson Riker as this big killer monster, the type of physique and look that Vince loves, as you know. Yep. Um, and and I didn't mind that because it it it, it advanced the the you know the intensity, the feud between the two teams. It advanced the team that wasn't even there by association with Riker, and it advanced Riker as this you know. A psycho staring monster that just likes to destroy people so it, it, it's win-win all around mm. everybody got the, the storyline advanced so that's exactly what you want so. There we go. So uh, I think we'll get um, you know back to our usual schedule with NXT next week when we're back in front of the full sale crowd. And uh, I know that spoilers Mark. are starting. To, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the self entitled full sale marks. Uh, but uh, we, we look forward to that and seeing what the next set of tapings present. Uh, now, a, a small spoiler from last night's tapings. Uh, now it has been doing the rounds on social media, but uh, um, it was announced uh, at the full sale tapings that uh, Shayna Baszler and you mentioned it earlier will be 
defending her NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai and they'll face each other in a rematch from their TakeOver 25 uh, encounter um, where Shayna will be putting her championship on the line but this time they'll be inside a steel cage. Now I think this is being billed as the kind of first time um, the women's NXT Women's Championship has been defended inside a steel cage. Uh, oh, yeah. Now uh, yeah, and this match is set to take place in two weeks time and of course we'll be covering it here on the podcast but that's definitely definitely a match that we're both going to look forward to certainly certainly um, i mean you can guarantee it's going to be an intense match for shana Baszler. and uh, she's she's almost positioned herself as, as follow this now it's a bit like um uh pete dunn title reign or something like that that mm. she's she's so good at being a complete uh, if i can use the word ass yeah um <laughs> you know I, I absolutely love her. a lot of people find her submission and ground game a, a little bit pedestrian and dull for their taste because they want like 95 million flips mm. but um you know she's she's tells a story in the ring she doesn't care about you know um again being the flashiest or you know having the best promos and even though she's quite capable with the promos and i, I like her style it's very believable but uh you know she's just basically i'm gonna rip your arm off i'm gonna do what i want and you try and stop me basically and i, and I love that about her you know and eo is now this more uh, aggressive we've seen this more aggressive side of her she's frustrated and she's quite willing to like get the weapons out and you know do whatever it's so maybe that's going to give her that edge that she didn't have before but uh, time you know remains to tell the story and we'll see where we'll go with that mm, definitely and will we see eo hit her moonsault off the top of that cage um no doubt there'll be some pretty uh, good spots in that match and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to it we'll see that in a couple of weeks time but uh moving on to another one of our favorite promotions nxt uk david so uh, uh tonight uh, we'll see the match that we've been building towards for several weeks and um, it's been described as the battle for supremacy or battle for brand supremacy I can't remember exactly how they described it but you've got a super strong style against Imperium tonight and we'll talk about that in the main event of NXT UK but the first match on last night's show was Zaya Brookside and Isla Dawn going up against Ginny uh, and, and Jazzy Gabbert so we last saw Zaya in action uh, last month when she was viciously beaten down by uh, Ginny and her new um, muscle uh, Jazzy. Uh, tonight we get to see Zaya teaming up with Isla Dawn and to go up against the fashionista and uh, the, the dominating and very intimidating figure of Jazzy Gabbert. Uh, Ginny starts the match for her team uh, to go up against Isla Dawn and Dawn uh, going after Ginny's left wrist and arm. Zaya gets tagged in um, and, and uh, drops Ginny with a drop kick off the ropes before Ginny makes a tag to the massive Gabbert. Uh, Jazzy blocks a sunset flip from Zaya Brookside before tossing Zaya halfway across the ring with ease. Uh, Dawn gets uh, in a huge knee to the head of Jazzy, uh, but Jazzy Gabbert soon takes control with a gigantic like a face buster uh, front body slam before tagging in Ginny, who just simply hooked the leg for the pinfall victory. Um, so it was a short and sweet. We kind of knew what we were going to get with this match. It only went five minutes. Uh, what were your thoughts on this opener? Quite an impressive display from from Jazzy Gabbert, although the babyface combo um, did do their utmost to try and combat the, 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 the heel uh, twosome on this match. Uh, what are your thoughts on this opener? See, just like NXT, it's it's so much story, isn't it? It's You've got um, Zia's coming off where she had a partner that didn't want to face up to this big mo brand new monster that's coming in and, you know, she um, Killer Kelly decided, you know, discretion was the best part of Valor and all that and left the ring and left Zia to get flattened by her. And then we come to this match and she's got Isla Dawn in her corner um, and 
teaming with her, obviously, against Ginny, who is fantastic in her role as just a nasty piece of work, sneering and, you know, just throwing the fact that she's better than you and she's dressed better than you, and despite the fact that we all call her the Primo Princess. And, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and we're establishing the, the big killer monster heel much in the vein of a, a Shawn Michaels and Diesel. It always, you know, you always yes. think of that when you think of these, you know, you've got the small one that hides behind the, the massive... You know, it's, it's tried and true, isn't it? But um, I enjoyed the match for what it was. Again, it's, it's establishing the story of these two and the fact that you know, Jazzy did the lion's share of the pummeling and then um, Ginny demanded that she be tag me in, tag me in, you know, and then uh, getting the pinfall. We can see that happening for a few weeks and I can imagine sooner rather than later Jazzy getting a little bit, you know, upset with that and uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'd put the work in, I'm going to, you know, just basically get the pin and hopefully they'll keep her the silent monster and probably we'll see Ginny getting upset with the fact, how dare she, you know, question what I plan to do. So I, I can imagine it going that route eventually but I hope they keep you know Jazzy is this monster that all too often they get a bit bored with and they try and add like a different factor to them and stuff like this but it's, it's nice to sometimes have that old school monster that, 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 that we go back to the days of should they bring back squash matches and stuff but this is a better you know the the way to build up the character you know these the other girls are petrified of her if you think back to when Karma came in and unfortunately like you know that didn't run its course but you know the girls the divas seemed genuinely petrified of her and didn't want any part of her and you know, just wanted to get the hell away from her and that's that's what they need to do with Jazzy until the point where you get uh, you know somebody that's a bit more physically capable like a Piper Niven or even a Rhea Ripley if they're going to turn her and have her say well, you know what I'm not going to get out of this ring and I'm not going to back down from you and, and then you know it's off to the races with that mm, Indeed um, th- Then we had a, a backstage interview with uh, Kenny Williams uh, Kenny Williams is interviewed and he's asked about his relationship with Noem Dar uh, so Kenny says that uh, at the end of the day uh, the way Noem Dar is isn't going to affect him and uh, Kenny says he's, he's getting ready for his match next week against Cassius Ono so obviously some uh, uh, development there uh, but possibly something in the works between Kenny Williams and Noam Dar um, that'll be quite interesting to see what happens between those two and then we have our next match of the night David Joseph Connors versus one of my favourites and I think he's one of your favourites too Ilya Dragunov uh, so uh, I'm guessing you've seen Ilya Dragunov in the flesh a few times if I'm not mistaken I have, yes. Um, I've seen him at Progress and obviously Progress in um, at Wembley as well. And, uh, you know, he's another in very much in the vein of a Walter and all of the European wrestlers, very physical, but seems to enjoy taking the punishment as much as dishing it out. And uh, and, he, and he's he's not a pretty wrestler like when it comes to his moveset, but he's really intense. Uh, I think that would be the word that would describe him best. And, you know, very, very... Uh, Likes, likes laying it in and likes getting it laid in on him and it just you know I, I can see it up and over I can see it uh, in the future probably face offs with Pito and Walter you know there's, there's a whole there's a whole litany of, of wrestlers he can face even Tyler Bate and Trent I, I don't mind any of that you know either side of the fence it, it's win-win and fantastic matches and you know fun 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 for all of us absolutely well you know you said it in one word there intense and uh, it was a very intense uh, entrance from Ilya I really like Ilya's entrance I really like his music uh, but like you say definitely an intense character the commentary team explain how Dragunov has had victories over Pete Dunne and Walter before joining NXT UK uh, Dragunov connects with a, a leap sent on to the back of Joseph Connors in one of the opening exchanges here uh, Connors then drops uh, Ilya Dragunov's uh, throat first onto the top rope before dropping in with a short arm clothesline for a two count 
Connors then applies a cravat, uh, a cravat of sorts anyway, to the face of and, and to the throat of uh, Dragunov, which uh, the intense Russian is able to power out of before nailing Connors with a stiff knee to the face and a running clothesline into the corner. Connors blocks a second clothesline uh, to hit a sunset bomb uh, until Dragunov connects with a Death Valley bomb into the turnbuckles before connecting with uh, an almighty Torpedo Moscow running corkscrew forearm for the 1-2-3. Uh, so that was a, a, a good match for what it was and, and an impressive win for Dragunov. Um, I quite enjoyed this match. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I'm not the biggest Joseph Connors fan, um, but, but, I, but, I, but I, did, I did think he gave a relatively good out in here, uh, but it's all about Ilya Dragunov at the moment uh, what were your thoughts on this match uh, again intense um, uh, as you said about Joseph Connors he's, he's not my favourite uh, the match didn't do him any harm he, he managed to get his shots in the sunset bomb as you mentioned was a nice little spot and then immediately almost followed up um, you know can you top this and the, the DVD into the corner that looked really uh, nasty and that's what I like about uh, Ilya's style it's very scrappy it's, it's not um, it's not pretty or picturesque but it looks like a fight which is what, I, what we've discussed all that you know on this um, podcast about um, having them where look more like a fight, and so yeah, and and onwards and upwards for Elia, an established match for him. No harm for Connors either. Who knows where Connors goes from here? Um, but Elia, it's up and up. There we go, and uh, then we get uh, your your favourite girl, Tony Storm. <laughs> she's interviewed backstage and is reminded that she's defeated all comers so far in NXT UK, and is asked what's next for the champion. Tony says that right now every woman on the roster wants shiny shiny, so I'm guessing that's her pet name for her belt. Uh, she says that she loves the pressure because she loves the wild side, and if Kaylee Ray wants some Tony time, she knows where to find her, and that uh, shiny shiny is staying with her. Uh, Tony then uh, thanked David Anderson for being her number one fan no not really <laughs> before laughing into the camera and walking off the screen but uh, Tony was showing plenty of personality in this promo and you mentioned it in one of your Facebook posts that maybe it's a bit of a, a heel side bit of a mm. bit of a heel tendencies uh, yeah. give, give us a bit more insight into your thoughts there David well anybody who's been lucky enough to see her in stardom and they always have the little minute or so promo beforehand and you usually get the plucky Japanese one going I'm going to do my best and wrestle my best in this match. Now anybody's seen heel Tony, he's got that little bit of hockiness and you know just come on bring it, you haven't got a chance kind of thing and I just saw a little sort of hints at that in this promo, maybe I'm wrong, maybe that's not the direction they're going to go and, you know, looking at the, the challenges they've got lined up, they're mostly more in the heel vein, like the Ginnies and the Nina Samuels, and even Kaylee Ray's got that you know, aggression about her, but um, it might add an extra little something to mm. Tony's, there's a lot of heels in NXT, the NXT UK's brand at the moment, and the, uh, the women's division is fantastic you know, for the, what they've established in a short time and they've got more to come by the look of the recent tryouts and whatnot, yeah. but um, um, that Tony definitely gave off that vibe to me that there's something there there's some little change in the character coming but we'll see yeah, I quite enjoyed that little that little twist and uh, that little different side to Tony Storm's personality. I did enjoy that bit. Uh, uh, and next week, uh, we'll see the first ever number one contenders battle rule for the NXT UK Women's Championship with the Stacked. winner. Pardon me. Stacked. 
yeah, definitely. And the winner being named the new number one contender to Tony Storm's title, of course. Uh, the ten wrestlers who have been who were featured in the graphic for this match uh, were Piper Niven, Killer Kelly, Candy Floss, Ginny, Nina Samuels, Isla Dawn, Rhea Ripley, and good to see Rhea Ripley back on our uh, NXT UK TV screens next week. Zaya Brookside, Kaylee Ray, and Jazzy Gabbert. So this is a really strong lineup for a battle royal, uh, with the winner facing Tony Storm for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So uh, when you saw this graphic, I'm, I'm sure that you were kind of quite excited by the talent that were on offer, uh, that will be on offer on our TV screens next week. Um, anybody that stands out as possibly, uh, you know, being the the new number one contender to Tony's title. I think the obvious one, they're definitely leaning towards Kaylee Ray. Though she's mentioned in the promo, she's yeah, it's been established that she wasn't very happy about not being mentioned in the uh, you know list of contenders by Tony the other week, and yeah. it's a good little um, storyline to go with, you know. But that that graphic, I mean, you almost forget sometimes when you see these girls come and go week in week out, and just how good a roster they've established. And as I mentioned in that post that you mentioned just now, um, even the likes of Tegan Knox aren't even included in that obviously because she's out with injury and yeah. I'm sure there's one or two other names that we haven't even considered and then you've got Tony as well so that's such an impressive roster and there's so many um, mixes they can do there of um, good match, good matches and up and coming wrestlers and stuff like that there's no real like predictability there there's, it's so different when you look at the likes of Raw and Smackdown and see what they're doing and again the women just seem to yeah we've had, we've had the Wrestlemanias and you know there's, there's odd characters that are um, push to the forefront like Becky and Alexa more so and Charlotte and people like that but uh, all throughout that brand you've got either up and coming wrestlers or established stars or you know stars on the climb so it, it's, it's an amazing roster for I mean I don't know how long NXT UK has been going now was it about a year so, so, so something like that and it's amazing to see that much talent with more on the way Mm, definitely. Then there's a backstage featurette with uh, Travis Banks, who won the Fatal 4-Way last week to be crowned the new number one contender, of course, to Walter's WWE UK title. They showed highlights of Travis Banks' efforts at the Royal Albert Hall from last June, uh, when he got to the final of the championship tournament, losing to Zach Gibson. Uh, Travis tells us of his disappointment of not having his match at TakeOver Blackpool and how happy he was to win the Fatal 4-Way match on last week's show. Travis said that um, it's going to take more than a chop and a powerbomb to keep him down when he faces Walter uh, when they do finally meet in the ring. So my question to you, David, is what's your kind of take on Travis Banks? I think on the Indies, he tends to play more of a heel. On TV here, he tends to play more of a babyface. I like Travis Banks. I've never really been the biggest fan of his. I think his character needs a little bit more work. Um, I, I do kind of like his wrestling style. Where, what's your kind of take on Travis? And um, you know, how do you think his match with Walter is going to go when the two do finally meet? Um, I think um, basically it's it, everybody tends to be the flavor of a month for the while. Um, there's a, there was a time like in progress where he was like the the, you know, the, the big star and. Uh, and then he had his heel turn, and everybody seemed to sour on him. And and then there, uh, I think he's he's mechanically solid. He, I think, like you said, he, he needs a little bit more character work. But honestly, I, I can't really see him unseating Walter as uh, champion right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to go to somebody else down the road. But it's it's going to be a good match. I'm sure it'll be an intense match. It's got to be. It's a Walter match, and yeah. Trab's going to give it give it his all. But. Um, uh, I, I don't really see him um, taking the title, whether that's a corner for anywhere else. But it's a good match. But I 
I, I t certainly agree with when you said about his character. He needs that something else to just push him over the top. And people, again, something that people can latch on to um, character-wise. He, he's got all of the ability and he, he does his, his fair share of high flying and he's got some good intense moves and whatnot. But there is just seems to be that little something missing. He's likeable enough and I like his matches and he's always delivered. He doesn't fool it in. So... It'll be a good match, but I don't think the outcome's ever going to be in doubt. Mm. Uh, and then we get, uh, then we see Wild Boar and Primate. They they send out a challenge to Gallus, uh, and uh, I believe that those two teams, Gallus and um, uh, the Hunt, are going to be facing each other on next week's show. So that'll be a, a pretty stiff brawl. I'm looking forward to that one. And let's move on to the main event then, David. So British Strong Style versus Imperium. Uh, the crowd are fully hyped for this match as uh, British Strong Style get a rouse ovation uh, from the audience uh, in Glasgow. Uh, the, the imposing entrance of Imperium with Bartel and uh, Fabian Eichner and of course the UK champion Walter when they stand in front of that bright white backdrop as they approach to you know that that, that in, in itself is a, a fantastic um, opening to an entrance um, and then they approach the ring as they get ready for what is being called the battle for supremacy between these two uh, factions, between these two teams. Right away, Dunn goes after Eichner before um, Eichner nails Dunn with a quick clothesline, uh, which Dunn returns in a double-quick fashion with a clothesline of his own. Uh, Bait gets tagged in and connects with a couple of drop kicks uh, to both Eichner and, and, and Marcel Bartel, of course. Big Walter then gets tagged in, uh, muscle in Trent Seven around in the corner, with Seven managing to connect with a a couple of stiff chops of his own, uh, which actually sounded uh, sounded more painful than some of the chops that Walter laid uh, during the match. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, some good chops oh, yeah. here from uh, from Trent Seven uh, before being floored uh, by an almighty chop from Walter. Eichner uh, gets tagged in and uh, gets a two count from a back suplex on Trent Seven, uh, but Walter drops Seven with a big boot and an enziguri. Uh, then Bartel starts... Uh, Picking apart on, on Trent Seven with Eichner getting a close near fall from a spine buster and a soccer kick combo from the Union. Seven finally makes the hot tag to Pete Dunn who goes one-on-one uh, -on -one with Walter. The crowd are really into this uh, match at this point uh, with Dunn outpacing the big guy uh, but only for a few seconds before Walter connects with a big boot and a German suplex to the former UK champion Pete Dunn. Tyler Bate then gets tagged in and uh, hits Bartel with an exploded suplex, with Eichner taking, uh, for, being taken for a ride with an aeroplane spin. Eventually, the numbers game takes its toll on Tyler Bate uh, with a backstabber and a double foot combo, uh, getting a close near fall for the Imperium team. However, Bate nearly gets to pinfall win with a corkscrew plancher from the top rope which was an impressive move. The match goes to the outside where Walter misses a chop on Pete Dunn, only connecting with the steel ring steps. From out of nowhere, we get this hooded figure, David, um, who enters the ring, drops Tyler Bates with a massive powerbomb before unveiling himself to be former Sanity member Alexander Wolfe. Uh, Bartel comes in, he covers, uh, whilst Walter pushes the referee back into the ring to make the three count, allowing Imperium to get the win. So, David, they have a fourth member of Imperium. I know you're very much into this group um, but uh, first I want your thoughts on the match and that dramatic ending and the appearance of Alexander Wolf. Uh, looks like this match has had a lot of hype over the last few weeks I'd love to know your thought now that we both had a chance to see it 
Well, I mean, that home straight for a start, as in the last few minutes, was unbelievable. The the home stretch of it was fought at such a frenetic uh, pace, and that spot uh, that you spoke about where Muller misses and um, hits hits the steps that that couldn't have been uh, um, too you know quite painful. But uh, you know, it, it speaks to the intensity again of their matches. And even though it was all the greatest hits of uh, British strong style, there's nothing wrong with that because they're so good. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if it's. Uh, um, the fake out DDT that Trent uses and, and I did see that it was particularly in one spot and that's what I liked as well it, 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 often when you get on Raw and you've got somebody working somebody's leg or something like that and, and the leg seem to forget that they've got another leg and whereas in the in these matches you know they're always battling back you always, even when Trent was taking the lion's share of the abuse he, he was still trying to get his shots in and he got a good backhand right to the corner of Walter's neck at one point mm. that sounded like a gunshot and as you said a lot of his sort of overhand I always call it these cricket because uh, he sort of bulls the hand yeah. over and then it's like what they call like a Mongolian chop but he only uses the one hand and he, he tends to do that running across the ring often as well but he, he, he really can dish out a, you know a shot with the, with those chops and a physical match all the way through I could watch these guys wrestle each other in all different versions and that match again all year long Um, you know it's it's and it's excellent because we spoke in past podcasts about wanting to see um, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Knight and I get that just you as a fantastic team and fantastic character, especially Bartel you look at Bartel and that's not, not any knock on Fabian Eichner because he's a great wrestler and everything else but Bartel mechanically in the ring even just his mannerisms uh, the way he put, he'll put his arm behind his back regal style when he's got the advantage on somebody yeah. almost as, as if he's it's a, it's almost like a steer but done with your arm it's just way, like you, you're so you, you mean so you're so inconsequential to me that you know I'm, I'm just absolutely reviled by you the, when he's kicking people in the corner he's sneering and, and he was speaking in German at some points and be, I don't know if he was saying you know how do you like that or whatever but you know the intensity's there the character's there the mannerisms are there he, he's just money to me I mean I could, I could imagine him wrestling Velveteen Dream in, in the future and uh, being a headline match you know he's so good and, it, and he always reminds me as said of, of William Regal and that's no bad thing he did even grind and his elbow into the face of his opponent when he's pinning them. Just those, those little things. Sometimes I think that's what separates NXT and NXT UK. The the little things that they do to like break up somebody when they're on the ropes and trying to like you know, um, stop themselves from getting pinned and the double team and 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 all of the the mannerisms as I spoke to and everything else. And the and I think this has also helped Walter as well because you know obviously after Pete Dunne everybody was going to seem like a little bit of a come down and as this face character that he was doing uh, I don't know if he was fully faced or not it's debatable but whatever but I think Imperium I think he's found his ground again and I think it's a, a nice comfortable situation for him as well obviously having that history with um, um, Alexander Wolfe and um, Bartel in ring camp mm. so uh, I think it, it helps him be more the type of you know, kick-ass character. We've all seen the videos of him on the indies uh, against whether it was Zack Sabre Jr. and he's this intense killer character, which is what he should be. You know, he, uh, even like his theme suggests, he's like a shark, and uh, you know, he's a he's a monster, and that that's how he should be built. And being this sort of, you know, um, um, sort of uh, good guy character, and uh, I don't think it's really doing him justice as well as being the leader of this, if he is the leader, in fact, of this group. And mm -hmm. it's, it's got so much potential for um, the future of NXT and matches 
just right down the line and even maybe even go to the main roster you could imagine different matches on there and hopefully again we spoke about with a different sort of environment of matches where we're talking about the physicality and the what have you but it, it's it's just a great thing and, and it's the reason why NXT works the reason why NXT UK works is because of these physical um, believable and enjoyable matches mm. now David we're we're both going to take over Cardiff um, yeah. and uh, th- th- that's going to be 31st of August of course so we're a good couple of months away um, any kind of early predictions as far as you know any any potential matchups you see happening mm. or, or any you know how the card might look any any anybody in particular that you're looking forward to seeing or, or maybe you know one or two matches that you'd like to see on the card I know like I say we are a couple of months out from that big show but uh, any thoughts on that yeah, well, I mean, there's this open comment that you may have heard called Tony Storm that um, I don't mind uh, watching her a little bit. Um, I'm <laughs> thinking it's probably going to be her and Kaylee Ray for the title, but I don't know. Maybe they might go with uh, somebody that's more sort of a homegrown. Um, I don't know, but um, it's um, tag team title-wise, NXT UK. I'm trying to think even who we would have against the grizzled young veterans right now because it seems, uh, when you spoke about Kenny Williams, it seems almost like Noam Dawes going into a bit of a heelish character and uh, I could imagine a match filling up some part of the card with them or at least uh, a tape in, uh, the next day or, or something like that. I, I can, it definitely seems that Noam Dawes getting a little bit of a uh, arrogant uh, character about him, which he needs. I think he's another one that just doesn't quite resonate with me and it's like uh, he needs that little extra something for me to be invested in his character mm-hmm. I mean mechanically solid but uh, needs that little extra something um, in event we're probably predictably going to go with uh, Walter and uh, Travis Banks we said it's going to be a good match but I, I don't see Walter I think you know he's for the long haul now and uh, going forward with storylines and what have you with Imperium and they may have um, be a factor and I really hope that the rest of Imperium are on the card as well in, in some um, form I, I'd love to see to be honest instead of a, a title match I'd love to see a rematch of that match because you imagine that on a takeover it could be something else you know but uh, it's going to be an enjoyable show whatever NXT just like uh, NXT UK just like an NXT is going to deliver Blackpool did and I no, have no doubts this will as well yeah absolutely well I know that NXT UK they've got their, their, their I think they're taping a few episodes at the Download Festival this could be weekend if I'm not mistaken and then there's a, a set of tapings uh, in Plymouth in July as well so that will hopefully kind of start building uh, the stories and, and the matches as we get ever closer to Cardiff at the end of August well David that draws an end to this uh, fabulous episode I really appreciate you coming on once again uh, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on very soon but before we go I just want to ask uh, where can my listeners kind of find you on social media have you got any Facebook groups that uh, you're a part of or, or any, uh, any, any Twitter handles that you want them to kind of uh, like or, or uh, um, where can they find you on social media well aside from popping on occasionally on the fantastic Wrestling With John on Facebook oh, page thank you pop, um, <laughs> Turn and Heal is where you'll find us um, you know uh, Venom when I'm uh, not happy about WWE or anything <laughs> else uh, that, uh, people need to understand on there that's where people can vent it, it, it's, we're not negative we're just constructively critical that's what I'll call it um, so there's Turn and Heal uh, I run Tony Storm Unleashed I run the NXT Generation they're both Facebook pages if you want to check them out um, I'm on Twitter not very often but I'm hopefully getting that a little bit more um, sort of uh, you know up and going and there um and that's just um, Mega Maniac, David Anderson. Um, look for the picture of all the New Japan wrestlers and you'll probably find me on there. Um, and aside from that, just to get um, me regular profile on Facebook is where I find 
Bloods to be tamed. If you haven't done that, you can guarantee that you're going to get an 8.9 percent rest. There we go. But uh, he, he's one of the busiest men on, on social media, ladies and gentlemen. And, but uh, thank you very much, David, for coming on board. And we hope Pleasure. to have you back on uh, again on another episode very soon. So there we go. I hope you, you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, as I always say, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT, NXT UK, WWE, uh, wrestling needs in general, really. We've spoke about so much today, so many promotions Um, as we tend to most weeks. Without you sharing and subscribing, uh, this podcast can't grow. And if so, hit like and hit subscribe now, people. Do it. Uh, We'll be back again next Thursday uh, with another rundown of NXT and NXT UK, plus all the top news and opinion from around uh, this beautiful world of professional wrestling. Uh, But in the meantime, from myself and from David, take care. Thank you very much and speak to you all soon. (laughs) 